This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. Dot com slash Yanks. All right, today is Wednesday, May 16th, and the Yankees just officially announced that both of these games, this game and a half, are being postponed to a later date. There's rain in Washington. There's kind of gray skies here in California, too, so it's a rainy mood. We got a fun episode still. We're going to talk about this little bit of game. We're going to talk about Clint Frazier getting called up, Drury staying down, Robinson Cano getting caught with some drugs in his system, and most importantly, we have a guest on today's episode, the wonderful Katie Sharp, Queen of Stats, joined us to talk about some uh, Yankee stats. So let's get into it. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake, recaps galore, and weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Talking uh, Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Oh, what's up? What's up, everyone? Thank you for joining on this, uh, I guess, rain out episode. You know, they, they don't play, but we will. The Yankees can enjoy their three off days out of four and the one day they played was a half game, we won't, Jake. We don't rest. Rain doesn't cancel out podcasting unless we were podcasting outside. That would be a little bit tricky. It's an indoor sport. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from Northern California, and I have my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver, two transplanted Yankee fans. You're only getting half a podcast out of me. And then what? Then that's it. Rain, um, rain delay. 82 and sunny in Denver today. Ooh, that sucks, because what are you going to do on this rainy day now? I don't know. Look at, look at my dog. Want me to take him on a walk? Oh, you want to go on a walk? You want to go on a walk? And then you uh, just sit no. there and watch Netflix. Uh, yeah. I'm going to finish the Netflix show Evil Genius. Have you uh, seen any of this? Walk, talk about this? I heard about it. I, I don't do things like you do things. So no. You don't like, do you like true crime docs? Isn't it just like another show or something? No, it's a... It's a it's a documentary. It's a true crime documentary. Oh, kind of. Pizza delivery guy, they show up, they put a bomb on his head, he dies, they rob a bank. It's crazy. You know what the best part is? It's like they keep calling these people geniuses, but they're kind of just white trash like lunatics. And then all their people are like, no, their geniuses are just dumber people. Like, yeah, to you. If you have like a Harvard professor, whatever we'll talk about. I'll talk about. Yeah, that. I'll talk heavy, about that. On, I'll talk about that on another podcast. I have movie and TV podcasts. That's, that's heavy. No, I liked it, but it was just you went from talking about the show to like ripping rednecks. Well, that's what the show. It's a documentary about these evil geniuses, but they're not really evil geniuses. They're just were surrounded by dumber people. Well, they could have got you. You used to deliver pies. Yeah, I would have never done it. I was. I had my guard up at all times. Especially if a cat was around, and they had cats all over the joint. This these people. Yeah, but you're a scared person, so they would just would have. You would have gone full fetal position, bomb on your head, dead. Scared people survive. It's dumb people, dumb brave people die. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, cool. Yankees game 
gets rained out. Scared of playing in the little rain. We did play half a game, so let's talk about that. Here's some talking points. Tanaka. We kind of talked about this before even recording because we are good friends and we do have conversations off air sometimes. Yes. I th- Tanaka's performance, I think a lot of people would just say he was bad. I think it's – I think you can say that. But he he went five innings. They pinch hit for him because it's the National League. Stupid National League. I hate that. Oh, it's such good strategy. No, it's boring. It's like bad baseball. I don't like it. You, you can make the argument, but that's how it should be played. Sure, pitchers should be able to hit. They can't. They don't care about it, so let's not do it. But, uh, I mean, DH debate is not entertaining. But Tanaka had to get pinch in for it. I agree with the pinch hit, I guess. Yeah. So he ends up with five innings pitched, three earned runs, which isn't a great line. He had retired ten in a row, though. So if he gets the next inning, gets six innings pitched, three earned runs, that's not marvelous, but it's not bad. I would take that as a serviceable start. And he was only at 77 pitches, so then he gets another inning. But you can't play this game because you could also play, well, then he also could get blown up. So it's really just a question mark on this start for me for Tanaka. Your thoughts? His stuff looked good. Uh, Surprising to some. I I saw some tweets that are like, oh, bad Tanaka. His slider was really dancing because his splitter's normally there. His slider was moving a lot. Yeah, he gave up the homer to Rendon. Didi didn't help him out with that single that went under his glove. And then, I mean, this is a little National league in and of itself, but he let the seven seven and eight pitch hitters, excuse me, the seventh and eight batters in the lineup kind of get to him where I think you need to put on your NL cap there a little more and be like, hey, I can dance around these guys in worst case scenario. I've got a guy or two on with the pitcher coming up. Yeah, I uh, we're we like Tanaka, un- unfortunately due to rules. I mean, you can't say this was a good start. It it lands at five innings pitch, three earned runs. Yeah, ne- next year when we look back, it won't be a good start. We won't remember he got pulled because it was NL. We'll just remember he didn't go six innings, even though he's at seventy pitches. It's stupid. It's annoying. It's okay. An- it's annoying. Can I say that annoying? Yeah. Okay. He did bat eighth. That's a talking point. Which I think I've been trying to tell people. People have been screaming at me that Glaber shouldn't bat ninth over Andujar and Romine and them. And I was trying to say no, but he's a second leadoff more than he's like the worst batter in the lineup. Some people think of ninth as only the worst batter in the lineup. I think we could. I think this answered that question. Boone sees Glaber as the table setter for the big guys more as scraps at the bottom. Now, whether we agree with this or not is the next question. It's been yeah, it's it's a whole NL strategy. Some managers do it, some don't. Well, well, we're gonna talk some stats with Katie stats coming up, but I mean, it's at, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed emotions on National League baseball in and of itself. But I'm thinking um, even this is telling why Romine bats eighth, why Neil Walker when he was in a slump bats eighth instead of ninth. It's right. not just NL. It's this is how he sees it. He likes him in the nine hole. And I, I there's a little bit of I mean, back in the day, the that strategy started to change. If it was someone like, say, if Glaber batted eighth and Romine, excuse me, yeah, that was right. I mean, it it used to that conversation first started with speed um, because they wouldn't want the ninth hitter to be the backup catcher. And then they're on base before Gardner, Glaber, whoever it was, and then they're clogging the bases. It's you've heard me rant a little bit about the NL. I think there's, 
it's just been wasting <laughs> three outs a game for about 40 years now. It, it'll be interesting. I, I bet in the coming years with the more stats and such and more bullpen usage, I think you're going to see see things get even more funky in the NL till they either adopt the AL rules or I I think you're going to see advanced stats become more of a thing. We um, I'll get geeky for a second. I don't know where you're going right now. So, Glaber's so, batting nine because they like him as second leadoff. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying too. I was talking about speed and how we kind of got there. Did the future of the NL baseball could get really weird? And that's where my geeky like video baseball video game I play comes in. Because if you start using the relievers more and you start doing strategic double switches, like I said, the NL has basically been wasting three at bats a game per for forty years now. With double switch and more bullpen guys, you can get really creative with that, and it could become kind of fun. But yeah, I I mean it it just kind of sucks. And hey, maybe just have another person who tries to hit do that. So Michael K was on his soapbox just yeah, whining, he's coming in hot. whining and complaining. Like, D-Rob thought it was funny that Tanaka had struck out, and he was like, they're laughing. Can you imagine? Like, this isn't fun. I won't. Like, hey, Kay, I agree with you. It's really stupid, but can you say it without sounding like such a whiny crybaby? Yeah, it's a it's a baseball guy stance. And I, as I've mentioned on here before, hilarious story that the NL was ready to vote in the DH, but – Back in the 70s or whatever, a guy was on a fishing trip, and they he just didn't cast his boat, vote. Another guy was supposed to copy that guy's vote. So, like, two guys abstained. That would have voted yes for the DH. Yeah. And I think another person did something nervous just because that was happening. And now that's why the DH has, hasn't been in the NL for 40 years. Glaber, you mentioned speed. I read an article and saw the stats. Glaber isn't slow, but Michael K continues to tell fans he's slow or not fast, but because of that one play, he uh, clocked like basically half a second slower than Tyler Wade, who speed was like the only reason he was up. So this like now then everyone thinks Glaber's not fast, but he's he's like the third fastest on the team. Move, move on past that. Talk about sure. talk about uh Really quickly, Tyler Austin getting some good swings in, just confusing it. If Neil stays good, there's Neil has already made the team, I think, once Bird comes up. So Tyler Austin can do whatever he wants. But because Neil has proved he's not pointless, Neil will stay and Tyler Austin will go down just because of then you keep an extra man of depth, I think. That's my thought. That's, but but, yeah, good, and but I'll- good for Tyler for swinging a big stick again. Austin Austin did kind of what he does. He he had a lefty and he drove it uh, oppo, and it's really when he connects, it's really beautiful. It's like a short, powerful swing, and he almost got another. He hit one about four hundred to dead center, which would have had me, which would have had Tyler Austin starting at first base in the National League next week. That's a little. That's a lie, but. All right, Clint, 2020, 2020 NLL star. Clint Frazier got brought up and put Twitter into a frenzy. Clint. Yes. Uh, it, it seems very much. We don't know. Um, it seems very much he's an extra bat for two games, and he's going to get sent down now. A lot of people think that's crazy. I think that's the most sane thing. Listen, you and I don't like – don't like is a bad term. So a lot of people see black and white, Jake. So I had people asking me, how come you hate Hicks? And then I had people asking me, how come you hate Clint? How come you love Hicks? And it was like, it's it's nothing. It's none of those. It's not black and white. I 
we don't like Hicks' approach at the plate. He's looked worse and worse and worse. They batted him leadoff, and he swung at the first pitch weakly and grounded. Like, dude, if you're batting leadoff, be a leadoff hitter. I don't understand. That kind of pissed me off. Yeah, it's – I. I'll use a lame like Jenga comparison or puzzle comparison. And it, it depends where you stand on things. Like a lot of people just assume Clint Frazier can play major league defense in center field and left field. We still haven't fully seen that. I, and you and me put that at the end of the day, wherever you stand on how hitting speed defense at bats, everything adds up. You're going to have your own opinion, which is fine and great. And maybe you're right. At the end of the day, in cash we trust, and you have to roll with that. And if if Clint Frazier was ready to hit 290 with 30 home runs this year and play a solid center field, I think cash would already have him in the majors doing that. So they, they brought him up to have another body for NL baseball with pinch hitting, double switch, and all that. I think so. I think he'll go down, or I'm confused, because if they're fully out on Guardian Hicks, and I know the stats versus left-handed pitchers are terrible right now, but it's early, and like they love Hicks. Maybe I think the Yankees love him too much. They love Gardner. I think Gardner brings so much more to the table than just, like even when he's not hitting the ball. Obviously, I've said that over and over again. I, I think it would I would be shocked if they punted on Guardian Hicks and put them as a platoon and then kept Clint up forever. And, and then Clint's not going to get every day at bats, which is exactly what he needs. So I think it makes sense that he goes down. I could look like a fool in a couple days if Clint stays up. Who knows? But I will say this. People ask me, like, why do I hate Clint? Why do I hate Clint? And they ask, why do I hate Anduhar? Why do I hate Anduhar? And, like, when are people going to realize I just don't buy into minor league? Like, I don't fall in love with minor league players and project them to be good until they are good in the majors. And that's just, I, I don't care if you get excited about a prospect and you're like, he's going to do great. That's awesome. That's awesome that you have confidence. I don't, I, I prospects to me are kind of like Missouri, like show me state, like, okay, cool. Hey, I heard you're good. I'm not going to applaud you until you are good. But a lot of people like applauding them before. And like, like everyone's saying Clint is going to be better than Hicks. You don't know. He could be. Know. He could be. I'm not saying he won't be. And a lot of people take my patience or wait and see for um, someone told me like I was doubting. Like I'm not really doubting Clint or any prospect. I just need to see it first. Yeah. And, you know, Andujar has been solid this year, but when he started, he was below the Mendoza line for a while. He had a couple errors. What if that had happened during the Yankees playoff stretch last year? Then would all the Andujar huggers, you know, then – Social media would have flipped on Andujar. The whole Yankees organization probably mentally puts Andujar in a different in a different kind of spot. So I I don't know. In cash we trust. I will say this. I think you could see Clint stay up for a few games just because the bullpen is completely rested. So if you don't need that guy for a couple days and maybe you can get him a start against lefty Danny Duffy, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it would be crazy, but I think it would be crazy if they completely move on from Hicks and Gardner at this point. And you kind of can't easily move on from Hicks and – well, let's – you and me have done this a bunch of times. You can't throw Gardner out the window. He's the longest-tenured Yankee. He's playing pretty good baseball. And Hicks – I think Hicks is technically out of options. It's not like you can send him down. And he's a major leaguer. He doesn't – he wouldn't be fine with being sent down, which – 
I kind of want to segue into Drury. I, I had like half an internet fight over this. Yeah, so Drury, and I, this is annoying me too. Cashman came out and said Drury's MLB ready and that they chose Andujar over Drury. The only problem with that is Drury has continuously and recently said he's not ready and he's still blurry and really blurry at night. So that whole thing is very confusing. Like, Yeah, I I haven't heard the exact Cashman quotes in in my head, and this this could be <laughs> maybe I'm not seeing things well, Drury. Come on, that's but they they essentially said when the the migraines and blurriness happened again or whatever it was or when it first came out that it was still happening. There was reports that Drury wasn't going to be back till June, and I think basically the Yankees got strapped in a position where they went to Drury. You can only do 20 days of a rehab assignment from the DL. And I, I fully believe there was an open conversation with Drury that said he either said, like you've said, <laughs> he either said, like you said, that he needs some more time. He wants more time to get his stuff figured out. He's said that. Yeah. And I think the Yankees are saying, like, yeah, you, you do that. Or, you know, I think there's a handshake when he's fully healthy, ready to play baseball. He's on the Yankees roster. I, I believe that. I don't. You're saying that as if it's a hot take. I think that's like the most warm, obvious thing. I believe it people too. People think that's a hot take. People, Pe- people are so far into Team Andujar now. They think it, it. It's so annoying. Like I saw people tweet at me, like "Way to go, Andujar!" Like, yeah, Andujar's fucking awesome. But it's just like this weird, like rivalry that has happened. Andujar is awesome. I've said over and over and over again. He deserves to stay and start. He has proven that. If they if he got sent back down, it would, he had I gave him the award like you could murder someone. But Drury, as soon as Drury tells them, "Hey, I'm my eyes are great," he's on the MLB MLB roster, and they'll they'll move Austin and have Drury mess around at first. They'll do something like and I everyone I, I know, is just taking I know the we, headline. We like the way Andujar plays. His numbers aren't special. His on base percentage is two ninety seven. He has three home runs. It's not like he's Fully, well, shout out to Wally Pip, who gets mentioned later on the show with Katie Sharp. But it's it's not like, whoa, is Anduhar going to be an all-star? It's like, do, do we have to get rid of Drury? Like, he hasn't been that special. I know when he's right, he's a doubles machine, and he's been playing solid defense. But I, it's not, I'm not as blown away. I've, I've, I'm blown away by what his potential could be because he does have some pop in his bat and some things he does on the field are special. But it's, in my head, I'm relating it similar to Clint last year. He's, Andujar's a bad series away from his numbers not looking very good. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. But it is, ex- I, it is he is an MLB player. Like I think at, oh, yes. at baseline he's proved he's an MLB player and that he belongs in the MLB. He just, and he's a rookie. He Hopefully he grows an eye. Like, Everyone gave him praise for this at bat yesterday in this Nationals game where he fouled off like five, three, two pitches. And everyone was like, great at bat, Anduhar. Way to go, Anduhar. He eventually grounded out. No, that was, that was like, he could have taken ball four four times. <laughs> yeah. So I don't understand why that was the best at bat. The dude's got like three walks in his entire career, and he's just refusing to walk, right? He would have walked the bases loaded, Clint's up next. Why is that such a great at bat? Yeah. I um and here's because again now we're ripping Anduhar, but his projected numbers for this season prorated right now are 
12 home runs, 57 RBIs, 12 walks, 117 strikeouts, 284 average, 297 OBP. So if you took away the name Andujar and, and some of the flash and pizzazz he's shown, yeah, I, I think Yankees Nation would be a little heavier on that. Look at Brandon Drury's career sets. They're, they're, a, notch, they're, they're a notch better than Andujar, just yeah. being blunt. But, but, almost, but people say Drury's never done anything to prove he's like great, and Andujar's already proved it. It's right. great. It turns, in, it turns into the prospect hugging a little bit, and I don't know. To, to write off Brandon Drury, who's done better than Andujar, who is playing blind baseball, who Cashman saw something in him to go out and get him, I think that's a little foolish. I think you can like both. You can be excited. Yeah. But but no one else. Everyone has to make it a competition. Like, to praise Andujar is to kill Drury, and to praise Drury is to kill Andujar. I will say this. If you believe that Drury is healthy and they just kept him in AAA because Andujar is better, if Drury told Cashman... My eyesight's great. I'm perfect. I'm rearing to go. He'd be up in the major leagues. I don't know if he'd take over starting third baseman away from Andujar, 100%. I don't know how it worked out, but he'd be up. But people are acting like like someone act like Drury got Wally Pipped. Like, no, dude, as soon as he's fine, he's going to be up. Yeah, I I agree. And, uh, let's, yeah, I don't know. One, one career game at first base for Brandon Drury. I almost, almost used that in an argument and then stopped myself the other day. Let's move well. on to a guy who's not going to be up for a while. Real quick, before we get into our interview with Katie Sharp, interview's weird. Talk, conversation, maybe an interview. I don't know. It was fun. Robinson Cano breaks his hand. He's been appealing a case for, for about steroids for a while now. No one knew about that. Breaks his hand, realized he's going to be out for a while. His agent's probably like, hey, it'd be a good time to just take that appeal since you're not going to be playing. Anyway, he gets busted for PEDs. He got busted for a fluoride or whatever drug, which he says he was using for something else, didn't know it was against the rules. Everyone else is like, well, that's negligence at best because to take something that you're not positive. And then it comes out later on like, well, that's commonly taken to mask PED use because it's actual reason, like why a human being would take it. Only old people have the problem in which that caught that that helps out with. So like, there's no way Cano needed that drug. The only way to do it to, I don't know the details. This was my take, Jake. People thought I was trying to be like cool or hardo. I told you this many times. I don't, I don't have a soft spot for. I loved him when he was on the Yankees. He was one of my favorite. He's smoothest, all teams smooth. I don't have a soft spot in my heart for him. I could care less when any player does drugs. I had steroids. I don't care. People are like, it's tarnished his career. He'll be back in 80 games. No one will give a fuck. What's your take on Robinson Cano? Did it hit you as hard as it hit most Yankee fans? Uh, no, not as hard as most. I mean, there's a part in you that's sad because I, Robbie Cano was, our, was the Yankees' Ken Griffey light for a little bit almost. Just such a smooth swing, such a smooth player. That kind of power from the second pa- second base position isn't seen commonly. Um, it's it's a little bit of a bummer. I mean, I would be bummed out if any good baseball player kind of came out with that. I think you and me, again, are on a similar side of the fence that PEDs out there are still out there. It's not like they've cleaned up the game. It's It's an arms race, essentially. It's what can we do to get by. 
you've been claiming <laughs> you one of your favorite things used to be claiming Joey Bats for future steroids, saying we don't we don't know what he was on yet, but he was on something. No you don't doubt, just no doubt in my mind. <laughs> if, if you're out there and you don't think Bautista took steroids, and now his now even more like his fall from grace like this. Whoo, yeah, I mean, so, allegedly, allegedly, I'm not, but fucking dude, took, <laughs> took steroids. Future steroids. I, that was my favorite term. Future steroids. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, don't be excited, don't be mad. I mean, so I saw a good. I know Verlander's in a lot of too many Yankee Twitter eyes these days, but I guess he had like a like a here come the excuses tweet about Cano or something, yeah. and then. Years ago, he defended Johnny Peralta for the same thing because Johnny Peralta was his teammate. So it's it's one of those things that happens to your guy, and you're like, yeah, you know, it's it's this it's this kind of random drug. He had no idea, blah blah blah. If it happens to some guy on the other side of the fence, you're like, oh, that guy's a steroid abuser. Get him out of the game. So Ver- I don't know. Verlander is just just don't tweet, man. I mean, I guess he doesn't care, which is endearing yeah. in a sense. But there's okay. So now it's clear that. Verlander probably hated Peralta too, but just had to say something to defend his teammate. I mean, and also, just... like maybe like that lends more credence that Verlander is doing something shady himself. Because whoa, just just who cares? Don't have just don't. You're a Verlander. Just like what? How does what does Cano like? Why is he what? They're, unless I there's mean, bad blood, we don't know about. Technically, they're division rivals. I mean, Mariners I mean, are having a solid year this year. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's whatever. It is what it is. I don't care. I don't. If you, I get kind of sad thinking about like some of these players I really like, like imagine Gary, they don't resign him and he goes to another team. I'll be crushed because I, I don't care about other teams. I won't follow Gary's career, and I love Gary. That's what happened with Otani when I when he didn't sign with us. I said to you, my only really disappointing thing is I won't know about him because I won't. I don't pay attention to the other teams. I I want to I want to try and pay attention to the rest of baseball more. I just don't. I try to pay attention to the rest of the AL East, which is kind of boring, but I like the Yankees. Sure. All right, let's throw it to our uh, our conversation with Katie Sharp. She was awesome. We really appreciated her coming on. If you like stats and all that stuff, it's pretty interesting, pretty fun. She tells us her favorite stat or her most telling stat that she believes. We tried to pitch her our stat ideas. Didn't go well. E. And uh, that's about it. We'll be back later on. Whenever the next series gets concluded. I don't know when that is. Three three off days in four days. That's probably pretty nice. The bullpen's probably pretty rested. Everyone's probably pretty rested. Probably goes a long way for the Yanks, um, even though it's kind of boring for now. Any last words, Jake, before we go to Katie Sharp? A lot of video games, dominoes, cards, and the Yankees, Yankees organization the past couple days. A lot of game playing, yep, of course. Yes. Probably a lot of Fortnite. Like probably a couple guys who get – Stoked that it's a rain delay. Yeah, they're probably. Who do you think? Who do you think's the most excited during like a rain delay? You think it's like the bullpen guys because they get to hang out with like the rest of the team? Yeah, Canley's excited to go play Fortnite. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and Canley's the most excited for anything at any time. Sabathia's sitting in the corner like with some dominoes. Like, whoa, what's up? No one wants to play Bones. Like, (laughs) fucking video games. Let's play some dominoes and. And Gardner comes over and plays with him. 
Yeah, Gardner and CeCe have vicious domino games. Chapman comes and sits down. They close up the whole table. They're like, oh, no, no, we're, we're done. We're no, done, we, done. Just we just stopped playing, dude. We just stopped playing. Gardner just beat me, Chap. He's so sorry, man. Play, Chap, um, have you played any um, Fortnite? Canely's playing Fortnite. <laughs> toe, Toe, Chapman's. you want to play some Bones <laughs> with Chapman? <laughs> Tough. All right, here's Katie Sharp. Um, enjoy. All right, we are joined by Katie Sharp, KT Sharp on Twitter. If you are a Yankees fan and on Twitter, you definitely 100% know her and you should follow her. If you're not on Twitter, you should go on Twitter just to follow Katie Sharp because she is. Is it okay to call you the queen of stats? That's fair to say, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I actually have a shirt uh, that my husband got me as a joke, I, I hope as a joke, that has a uh, stat girl on the back. Okay. <laughs> so that. That's my that's my unofficial name in the household. All right. Well, we're very glad that you joined us. We we want to talk some stats. We are not. Um, how do I say that, Jake? We like stats, but we're not the smartest. Is that? I'm I'm normally the stats guy, and my big stat from last week was Batances has 33 strikeouts in 18 innings. So <laughs> we we need something a little better than that stat wise. And get are you are you a UConn alum or a UConn fan? I'm a UConn fan. Yeah, I actually I grew up in Connecticut, so I uh, I grew up a, a Husky fan. I kind of right at the same time I was getting into the basketball was the same time that they uh, started their run through the through the NCAA tournaments back in the in the early '90s. Um, and then you know, obviously with the championships that they've won the past uh, ten years or so. Yeah, I grew up diehard Huskies fan, mostly just for basketball though. Okay, well, UConn is probably my second favorite team to the Yankees. So this Absolutely. is like this is part of a one one step out of five steps to turn this into you and me doing talking Huskies in a oh, few months. Oh, but you well, want that any day? Oh, oh wow! All right, <laughs> I, I just I just skipped four steps. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh for now we'll we'll talk some Yankee stuff. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of start with more so you a little bit and and kind of talk about whether. You know, were you into baseballs and baseball and statistics? Were you into statistics and baseball? Was it a chicken and the egg, or how how did this all kind of happen for you? Well, I think that definitely the baseball came first because that was pretty much since birth. So I, w- I didn't really know how to count when I was <laughs> born. But uh, yeah, my um, my dad was really my biggest influence growing up in terms of uh, being a baseball fan. He was a he's a he's a uh, Yankees fan. I uh, grew up in New York City, and uh, ever since I can remember, uh, baseball has been the number one sport. But you know, the Yankees have obviously been my number one team, um, and he taught me pretty much everything about the game that I know. And it, there were, really was no other choice <laughs> in the house, <laughs> um, if you could, if you can want to put it that way. But yeah, I've been a, it's just I've been a jock my whole life too. I played sports <laughs> all growing up, um, as you can imagine. I played baseball up until uh, you know through, through middle school when uh, the guys got just a little bit too big for me, and uh, I couldn't quite keep up. Um, but I was a uh, you know I definitely I played baseball, I played hockey, I played basketball. So huge sports fan growing up. But baseball was definitely my first love, and the Yankees were always the team that I rooted for. I would say that I got into statistics, you know, more so obviously when I started going to school, and I was a big math geek in elementary school and high school, um, and then, it, you know, into college, I studied economics. So always, uh, always loved the numbers, loved, loved the numbers, and um, same with my dad, too. And uh, I like to joke around that we, he would always quiz me. 
always, always quiz me about trivia. He knows more trivia, baseball trivia, than I think anybody. Oh, um, wow. And so we would always have contests and uh, at the dinner table, um, synagogue, wherever, uh, <laughs> we'd be doing trivia. And so that's, you know, and then we also would uh, we'd read the newspaper together, the sports section. And uh, he'd show me all the stats and, um, you know, what was good, what, was, what wasn't good. So uh, I really, I owe a lot to him in terms of both my baseball and my love for baseball and uh, for baseball stats. It's awesome. I think that's a familiar story for a lot of Yankee fans. Like I, my, we always joke when people ask, "How are you coming? You're a Yankees fan." Well, my dad was a Yankees fan, and he knew I was going to be a Yankees fan before I was even born. But if you're into statistics and math, baseball is the perfect sport for that. So, how did I know you write for a bunch of sites, River Ave Blues, and um, I was just looking at the Athletic. Is that new? Yeah, that's a new thing. I just started this month. That's um, awesome. So Congratulations. I had my first my first piece was last week, and that was on uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, it was actually about his, uh, his poor production, his struggles. And so since then, he's been, he's been really good. So I kind of feel like I have a little bit of piece of that, uh, that improvement. Uh, yes. Maybe he read the article. Who knows? You yeah. never know. <laughs> of course. I have a question about writing those kind of articles because you are a Yankees fan, and you are, your, your followers and readers are Yankees fans. Do you ever get scared when you have to tweet out a bad statistic tweet? Like, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna upset a lot of people now, or is it the opposite end when you have when you come upon a real positive egg of information? You're like, this is gonna get them going. I think it's both. Um, definitely at first when I kind of started and 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 we're more you know started tweeting a lot of stuff and and used that, I was definitely very nervous about tweeting bad about bad Yankee stats um, because of the responses that I would get. I was very sensitive at that point, but uh, I've grown a lot. And I've learned a lot about Twitter uh, in the past, you know, couple of years. And at this point, it makes no difference to me whether I'm tweeting a bad stat or a positive stat. I think the positive stats get me a lot more excited, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that they're gonna, I'm gonna get a lot better comments back, which you know makes my life a little bit easier. But um, I don't really mind, you know, tweeting the bad stats. My big thing is I want to make fans smarter. And I want to provide context for what's going on during the game. Um, so if that's a bad stat, I think that needs to be tweeted out. And I think it'll help people, you know, understand the game better, understand the flow of the game, um, what's happening and what, what everything means. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. I think that is, I think that's necessary. I mean, baseball is a fun sport and it shouldn't have to be education as entertainment, but you will get so much more entertainment once you have those insights and you know what to look for and, uh, what pitch he's the batter's looking for, or the pitcher's trying to do, and I mean the stats tell that whole story. So I mean I appreciate it. I love I love that's exactly kind of why we started this. We just don't have the intellect or the research abilities to to get that. But it's so much more. F- baseball is a sport that breathes conversation and gives you time to look at stats and tweets in between pitches. And the more you know, the more fun it is. So I mean. If anyone out there is like thinking it's overload, I don't get those people. The more you know, the more fun to me. Exactly. That's kind of my mentality, too. The more you know, the better. And uh, that's kind of what I try to help Yankee fans out with. Well, I, I start turning into Chandler Bing from Friends when I have a joke that I'm sitting on. But when you said <laughs> when you said the guys outgrew you playing sports, well, they outgrew me and Jimmy, too. So <laughs> you're you're fine. You do not have to worry about that at all. I guess keep I'm, I'm going to take the fun one uh, here and say what 
like when I say favorite stats to you with baseball, what comes up? Me and me and Jimmy have had some laughs. The barrel stat that comes has come out this year, I personally love, and I I just think it's hilarious because it's a useful stat. It you know it's showing hard hit percentage, but I just think it's hilarious because I picture uh, a person from the previous era saying, "Oh, you're telling me when a guy hits the ball hard." <laughs> so so I don't know. I just kind of wanted to openly send that to you and see if there's any newer stats that jump out, maybe stats you don't like or one one that you bank on more than others. Well, I think you, you make a good point there. I think there's a distinction between what I would say fun stats um, and what I would say favorite in terms of informative and uh, useful stats. So definitely barrels is a fun stat. You know, you love the, – the thing is we've always known, you know, wanted to be able to say, oh, this guy's hitting the ball so hard and he's just crushing the ball. And people were like, oh, yeah, well, can you prove it? And now is the time when we can because of StatCast. Um, and I think that's great because you can put numbers to what you're seeing with StatCast and the barrels and the exit velocity and the launch angles and all those new, new, uh, new metrics that we have available. And I think that's fun for the fan. It definitely makes the game a lot more enjoyable for the fan. Now, in terms of what I would call, in, you know, favorite useful stats, I think one that is sort of underrated and not, not many people, you know, the casual fan probably doesn't know about is uh, WOBA, which is weighted on base percentage or weighted on base average, actually. And uh, what it does is it's kind of like, it's basically a catch-all offensive stat, um, kind of putting all the different parts of hitting into one metric. And what you're doing is you're looking at the number of singles, doubles, triples, home runs a player has, but you're not weighting them one, two, three, four, like you would like total bases or slugging. Right. You're giving them the proper weight for how many runs they actually create. So like a home run doesn't create, probably doesn't create four times as many runs as a single, right, on average. So what it does, I think, is it, it basically just puts the right proportions onto what the, uh, what the hitting metrics are actually doing. That, so I like that a lot better than using OPS or slugging, which can, which can definitely skew towards um, different types of hitters. Um, and then related to WOBA, sorry about it, it's an awful name, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> like weighted it. runs, WRC plus, or weighted runs created plus, which is the same stat, but it's park adjusted and league adjusted. Okay. And what, what makes that great also is that it's a simple number that is relative to league average is 100. So if somebody has a weighted runs created plus of 150, that means that they're producing at an offensive level that's 50% better than the league average, which is super easy to see. You can just look at it, and that tells the story of how a player is performing. And you take away a lot of the biases of the parks and the leagues and a guy who's hitting you know, a ton of home runs but not a lot of doubles or a guy that's just hitting all singles who may have a great batting average, but, you know, singles aren't going to be doing much um, if there's no right. one on base or, you know, you've got some slow runner at first. So <laughs> Woba and Weighted Runs Created Plus are kind of my two favorite useful stats, I would say. Would you say that those pair up with the eye test? Because um, without knowing, I don't never heard of Woba before. I know of uh, uh, Weighted Runs Plus, but my guess for the Yankees would be Judge as, as is – leading as a Yankee in both 
just because the eye test kind of says he's doing the best offensively for the whole uh, for the whole season. Is there any? Yep. Yep. And yeah, you got it exactly right. He is uh, by far and away the, the leader. Okay. Are there um, any Yankees? Among guys that you know. Yeah. Are there, are there any Yankees yeah, that are just, surprisingly high? I'm looking at the uh, leaderboard here on Fangraphs, and we do have Shane Robinson, um, Ooh, who is yes. slightly ahead of Judge. He only has five plate appearances, though, so I think that we can kind of uh, eliminate him with the, the small sample size caveat. That was very odd when they called him up for just a Chris Sale game. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, why you can never have too many outfielders. So <laughs> You have to call up Shane Robinson. Yeah. So my biggest battle, you said your battle, you want to, not battle, but you want to educate fans. In the, since we started doing Talking Yanks and since I started actively – um, I always followed the Yankees, but engaging with other fans and and finding out other people's opinions besides you know my dad and my brothers and my friends. I I my biggest goal I guess would be to have fans not rely on batting average as their end all be all offensive marker because I I think that that in ten years hopefully the mainstream America will that'll become less. I mean, I, I know you said that you like Woba better than even OPS, but what's do you? What is batting average good for in your opinion? Because for me, it's still good, but it's just contact, and you can be like my biggest example is Todd Frazier and uh, Ronald Torres last year. Toe was three hundred, Todd was two twenty, but Todd had the much better offensive season. So, what does batting average actually tell us about a player? Uh, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. There, I am. Not a fan of batting average at all. Like you said, I think there's maybe one useful thing is that it does show contact. So the Mm -hmm. ability to sort of get the ball on the bat um, in a useful way that maybe you can get it through the infield um, on a consistent basis. And um, so that's kind of the only way that I find it useful. But um, I, on 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 a player level, I rarely use it. On a team level, it can be somewhat a little bit more useful because just because the sample size is a lot bigger, so you're looking at um, kind of more more events there. But I agree. I mean, you have to look at even if you just look at this year's this year's team. I'm looking at the these numbers right now, and uh, we see Gary Sanchez with a uh, with a 211 average, and Ronald Torres with a 340 average. There you go. Yeah, and it's you know and Austin Romine, 289. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but he has about, you know, you know, all of that is pretty much in singles or something, you know. Yeah, yeah so do you think there's ever going to be a time when on uh, – because actually at the stadium, they have OPS on the big board now, which they probably didn't. Really? Okay, that's great. Ago. Yeah, I don't, I don't make it to the stadium, so. Do you think that we are going to get to a time where batting average isn't, you know, on the screen bug? Is it, or will they or will they never go away with the broadcast and MLB? Because I want it out. I don't want it on the screen. When I get tweets about Greg Bird's batting average last year, almost once a day, telling me how bad he is, and it's like that is not how you judge what Greg Bird did for the team last year. Exactly. Uh, that's tough to say. I think it's. I think batting average is just because it's so easy to calculate, and, and because it's been around for so long. Um, the same with RBIs. Uh, I think it's going to be – it's not going to be within the next 10 years. Um, All right. Hopefully it will be within our life, lifetime. Okay. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm holding out for it. 
but uh, I I would not predict it within the next ten years. So th- this one's this one's just the the little hot topic in Yankee Land right now, especially when Clint Frazier got the call yesterday, which is looking like they just wanted an extra body for NL double switches and things like that. But everyone <laughs> everyone on Twitter was plugging them in at center field and running with that lineup, and Hicks was essentially off the team for about two hours on Twitter. Um, <laughs> where and and this this can be opinion based. This could be. I know he's, I was going to call him a war hero, but that's <laughs> got to rephrase that. He's, he's a baseball war stud Well, when he was right last year, at least where, where are you on Aaron Hicks? War. I, mean, the, I thought you, you just, you just confused my brain. I, a war hero. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's where I was. I, I was looking for the right term. He's a, he's a war stud when, when people measure out what he did last year for those 88 games or whatever it was. What are what are some of your thoughts on Hicks? I know we've soured on him a little bit just because some of his at bats can be brutal to watch because it looks like he's a guest hitter a little bit. And but defensively, he brings a lot to the table. What what are some of your thoughts on on Hicksy? You know, I'm I'm a little bit mixed, and this is actually a case where, um, as we were talking about before, the eye the eye the uh, the eye test doesn't really match up with some of the uh, expected stats that he's producing. This is also one of my new one of my new favorite tools that uh, that Statcast has brought us. Is they have um, a slew of these expected stats where they look at the launch angle and the exit velocity um, of every batted ball, and they produce an expected batting average and an expected slugging percentage um, and an expected woba. And that's kind of just looking at the quality of the contact without the context of what actually happened with the hit, whether it was a hit or an out. Or, or whatever. So it's just kind of isolating what the player did without looking at the fielders. So if you look at his expected stats, he has been what you might say unlucky in a lot of ways. His expected batting average is about 30 points higher than his actual batting average. His expecting slugging is about 100 points higher, and his expected WOBA is about 50 points higher. So if you look at his expected WOBA, he's actually an above-average player. Um, he's, his expected WOBA is 357. Um, the average is about 330, 320. So you can say that the uh, that the you know his uh, his quality of contact metrics aren't really matching up with what the results are so far, and that the you know that's a good sign that there's probably some signs of improvement um, going forward for him. But yeah, you're right. You know, looking at the eye test, he just doesn't look like he's putting up good at bats on a consistent basis and also surprisingly his defense has not been what you might call elite or or above average really from the eye test and actually what the metrics say at least in, in my opinion he hasn't really had that wow moment or any of those kind of four or five star spectacular catches um, whereas you've seen judge you've seen gardner you've seen stanton even having making those uh, really not really good plays um, and if you look at the the defensive metrics so far for Hicks, I mean, it's a very small sample, and defensive metrics um, can be kind of finicky in small samples. But uh, he's just about league average <clears throat> for a center fielder. Interesting. And he, he doesn't have any what um, what Statcast calls uh, four or even or four or five star catches, um, whereas uh, uh, 
uh, Stanton and, and Judge already have a couple of those. And and uh, Brett Gardner has actually been, I think, the most valuable one of the most one of the most valuable uh, um, outfielder on the team in terms of defense. Can't tell Twitter that though. So, <laughs> uh, so I've been, you know, kind of both on both sides. Um, I think he's been a little bit disappointing. Um, and right now he's he's if you're into your your war hero, uh, right now he has uh, half of half a win of war, which is. You know, we're talking here decimal points, but Ronald Reyes has point four, and uh, Gleyber Torres in, in you know half as many plate appearances has point six. So, all right, he's, I think he's underperforming a little bit this year. But with like I said, with the um, when looking at his expected stats using those stat cast metrics, I think that there's definitely a chance that he's going to be taken off and, and breaking out pretty soon right. if he can kind of define himself at the Wait. That's good to hear. I, we've talked like, like over and over and over about Hicks lately because Jake and I both, we don't have someone on the other side on the podcast. We both are confused about his approach at the plate and kind of turned off by it. it the best way for me to explain it would be like on um, a game show back in the 80s, this one guy studied the map of the of – the, he had to pause it on a certain time and he studied it and then he won, not because he was smart – or better than this other contestant, just because he found out a cheat code. And that's how I feel like Aaron Hicks bats. Just guesses, 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 waits for the walks, and then swings out of his shoes. And sometimes he hits it, and that's enough to keep him going. I hope he turns it around. I just don't think it's there. Uh, I'm yeah, I mean, that, the, the encouraging thing is that he, he's, you know, his plate discipline, discipline metrics are also much better than last year. He's chasing less pitches. He's walking more. He's making a lot more contact in the zone, which is where you want to make contact. So I think that, you know, there is a lot of validity to the fact that he has been unlucky this year, and hopefully better things going forward for him. We skipped another fun one that's more more of a you question, but just maybe outside of stats, maybe into the stats. Who Favorite all-time Yankee, favorite current Yankee, who do you got? You know, I th- my favorite current Yankee, I think, has to be Brett Gardner. Nice. Wow. Um, I, I like the way that he plays. Uh, he's so hard and kind of just you know knowing his background and the walk on and not a very highly obviously drafted player came up through the system. Um, I just I I like his story and I love the way he plays. I love the way he battles at the plate and you know obviously the speed and the defense and so he's my favorite current player I think. And looking all time, you know, this is a really tough question. I never, it's really weird, but I never really had a favorite player growing up. I don't know why. Um, I think I was just so into, you know, more into the team and into the numbers. And um, I kind of just liked everybody. And uh, I also grew up kind of in a, a dead time for the Yankees, essentially. You know, the early 90s, the late 80s. Was when I was in, in elementary school. And Donnie school. Baseball. That, that Donnie was everyone's baseball. Donnie I liked, Baseball. I liked Donnie Baseball, but he was sort of fading um, there in the early 90s. But uh, And I grew up as a second baseman. That was my position. Uh-huh. And uh, my choices on the Yankees at that point were very slim. <laughs> Pat Kelly and guys like that. So my favorite player growing up actually was Ryan Sandberg. Nice. Um, I loved him. Loved him. Just the way that just how slick he was in the field. He could hit, he could hit homers. I was like, wow, a second baseman hitting homers—that's awesome. So he was actually my uh, my favorite player growing up. 
And uh, but obviously, my my favorite team was the Yankees. So I didn't have a favorite Yankee specifically growing up. Um, I just, just liked everybody on the team. I guess. What about you? I know your your Twitter Abby is Wally Pip, right? <clears throat> is there any yes, story behind was. that? Oh, very good. You just like you like the story. You like the picture. Uh, I love the story. Um, <laughs> I like to say this, and my favorite Wally Pip stat is that he was the uh, he's the all time Yankees leader in sacrifice hits. <laughs> Wow! We know that he made the ultimate sacrifice yeah. by you know, getting a headache conveniently at the same time that a future Hall of Famer was was ready to take over first base for the Yankees. Yeah. So, and he also he, he led the American League in home runs two years in a row. Wow! I did not know. That. I was just I know that. I just looked up his stats because I said to Jake, like I've never actually looked at his stats. It looks like once Gehrig took over. He played in six, Wally Pitt played in 16 games as a defensive replacement pinch hitter and went hitless in all 16 games in every appearance. And then they, the Yankees moved on to him. So he took it really hard. Yeah. Took it really hard. <laughs> yeah, he made, the, he made the ultimate sacrifice. Yep. And of course, the Yankees all time leader in sacrifice hits. There you go. All right. So last, one last little topic or question we, that Jake and I have for you is two episodes ago, we came up, Jake came up with his own stat which he wants to create. I then spawned off mine. I'm going to do mine first, Jake, and then you can do yours. Okay. Yours is much more confusing. I came up with, and it's just a way to show if an offensive player had a good game or a bad game. And the easiest way I thought of it was a two tallies. So when you look at his box score, does he have two tallies, meaning two hits? That means you had a good day at the plate. One hit and a walk, that would be good. One, one hit and an RBI. Do you think... That that, do you think if guy goes two for four with no runs, no RBIs, is that still a good day at the plate? Um, I <laughs> I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can totally back this stat. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I can, um, cannot support I'm, this. Yeah, I'm not sure I can I can support this stat and get on the bandwagon here. Um, I think I might have to wave wave from the sidelines. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, obviously the goal of, and I like to boil it down, the goal of baseball is not to make outs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the second cut, the second goal is to score runs. Yeah. So I think that, you know, combining those two, uh, if, you, if you go two for four with, uh, with two singles and you don't really do much else, and that's not a great game. All I right. mean, it's good that you, right. have, you can pad your, your single stats, but. So you got to help the um, team more. All right. I can agree yeah. with that. Jake, lay, lay yours out there. Well, that I thought that was my idea. No, you what do wanted, you think my idea is? You wanted to include defense. Oh, yeah. A, I mean, so I'm – well, I shouldn't be telling this to a stats person because I, I do enjoy stats. Did I have to take a statistics class in summer school one year? Yes. <laughs> but I I like the, the all-encompassing – or like the question I asked you with what what's your – I didn't want to say tell-all stat, but WOBA, that's that's what you like to look at and you think that's a better depiction of, of how someone's playing. I would love, and I, I think I'm going to call it my good game stat for now, and it's kind of, it was what Jimmy was talking about, but it's a combination of defensive plays made, whether it's the 4-5 or five star or maybe um, I know there's some defensive war stuff out there. Maybe it's WOBA, something like that. But it's a way to measure – so like Giancarlo so far. Giancarlo's had a couple four-hit games, 
you know, he had the two homer game against the Sox. He's had a couple big games. He had a lot of dead games. Aaron Hicks, he had his two homer game against Detroit. He's had a lot of empty games. So I almost want a way to quantify like who plays the most good games, you know? Kind of like and, a helped and, the team win today stat. Okay, well, actually, I have the stat for you. I don't believe um, you. <laughs> yes, you, you were talking about you want to look at you want to look at how much a guy contributes to the win or to the loss or whatever, right? That's Each your most game, important yes. Thing. Each game. Yes. So there's a stat called win probability added. Okay. What it does is it basically looks at every plate appearance and how, so what the win expectancy is at the beginning of the plate appearance and then what it is at the end of the plate appearance. So okay. if, you know, A-Rod's up and he strikes out with two guys on base um, and the Yankees down up, you know, down a run, the win expectancy is going to go down. So he's going to get debited however many percentage points. You know, whether it's three percentage points, four percentage points, ten percentage points. Um, so based on, you know, what it was beforehand. So if you sum up all of the plate appearances, you get a player's win probability added or deleted um, for the game. And that's how much they contributed to the team winning, right? Because it's the changes in the win expectancy for during their plate appearance. Does that factor in so, defense? That sounds like a stat for you. I don't know. Does it does it factor in defense? It does not factor in defense, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and I, we, as we know, defense is very important. A run saved is the same as a run scored. Um, but it just it looks at base, it just looks at offense. But if you're looking for who the you know the the so-called offensive MVP of the game is, the guy with the highest win probability added. So and, who- uh, that's a stat you can find that stat uh, on Fangraphs. Um, and also on baseballreference.com. See, see, I'm picturing it like quality starts. I want, like, essentially quality starts for hitters. I can't hear Jake. Oh, he says he <laughs> wants quality starts for hitters. Essentially. Uh, essentially. Like, wh- oh, boy. He wants oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Why, oh, who, who's the leader? Jake, we're going to have to take this one offline, I think. <laughs> All right. Who's, who's the uh, current highest win probably added for the Yankees this year? Is it, right. is it also Judge? It's going to be – I'm pulling it up right now, um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Judge um, because it is highly correlated with uh, – with the WOBA and the weighted runs created okay. plus um, stats. Um, out of the everyday players. Yes, he does have the, he has the highest. So out of the everyday players, who has the lowest? Ooh, Ooh. that's a good one. Let's, let's guess first. Okay. Who are Ooh. you guys going to guess? Out of everyday players, if, if, if Neil Walker, well, he's helped a lot lately. Um, <laughs> I would I'll guess Hicks. It. I would guess Hicks. I would jokingly okay, guess what's Tyler your guess, Wade. Jake? He's joking. He's guessing Tyler Wade. Well, Hicks is the worst, and Tyler Wade is the second worst. <laughs> Boom! Wow. So there you guys go. You guys are on this stat. All right, this good. is your stat. We watched the games. It's been it's been confirmed. All right. Well, yep. <laughs> thank you very much for joining us, Katie. We really appreciate it. And um, anyone listening who doesn't follow, go follow. It's at KT Sharp. Love to have you on Thanks again. Thanks, guys, for sometime. having me on. It was great. Yep. All right, Jake said love to have you on again. I second that. Uh, Enjoy the games today, and we will talk to you in the future. Sure. All right, thank you, Katie. All right, thank you very much 
for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the off day Thursday. Maybe you'll listen to this on Thursday. Thank you very much. And we will be back whenever. I still haven't figured out when uh, the next day is. After the next series. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com slash Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Yanks.